Welcome to Book Wars Pod. That's fuck too. I'm Kristen <laughs> here with Miranda. Fuck too. Why don't you tell them what your name is? Oh, uh, well, just because I accidentally turned off the internet on this computer during our first two tries uh, to record this. So we're on. We're on. We're on. We're on try number three. So first. That's why it's fuck the second and not. Fuck yeah, because the, the first time I turned it off and rejoined. I was fuck, I obviously. Like, say fuck. It's... He was fuck senior. I meant like say you're Chris. <laughs> oh, I honestly but thought okay. you were asking me to explain explain the reference, which I felt no. was fairly self-explanatory. No one has said your name yet. You have. I mean, I just did. Fuck <laughs> off. You yourself. We're already off to a roaring start. <laughs> That's fucking Chris. Um, that's fuck too, Chris. Uh, I have a terrible cough, which I will try not to do into the mic, but sorry, I'm not going to edit them out. <laughs> like most things, I won't edit anything out anymore. It's just so the pod comes out. Anyway. Man, remember um, the days well, when we were like, Kristen, do you want us to help you edit? And Kristen was like, no, editing is my baby. No. I want to do it. <laughs> and now we have I that. To, <laughs> I need to edit out every sniffle and breathe in that you can hear. And now I'm like... Uh, a whole uh, Chris not being on the pod. Yeah, false start uh, intro and me coughing is fine. Yeah, like there were there were weeks where we just didn't have an episode, not because we didn't record one, but because we had a backlog that Kristen had not edited. Pow pow pow! You're all welcome. Hey, our sound quality is better now. It's a it's a balance. It's it's a trade off. We can't be too professional. I don't have to edit it anymore. About there's balance in the force. Is there? No. Great. Um, we read the first thirteen chapters of Queen Shadow by E. K. Johnston. We did. We did indeed. One through thirteen. I did. Yeah. I did. Good. I read and listened like I usually do. Um, before uh we get into what we drank, let me uh drop in one iota of Star Wars. Um. The gal who does the woman who does the voice for the audible um, is great and actually really sounds a lot like Padme, but also she does the voices. <laughs> so, like, if you can picture Padme's voice, it's not like the deepest thing in the world. And she's like doing deep man voices and stuff. And that's one of my biggest things when I'm listening to audiobooks. I'm like, Dude, I can tell it's you. Don't do the voice. Like, if you're not going to get somebody else, just read the dialogue. Right, two but, things. One, it's so much better than men doing women's voices and, like, correct. doing it like, I'm a woman and this is what I sound like. <laughs> like, you're the fucking That's gingerbread man from like. Shrek. Um, <laughs> I mean, that is what Miranda's voice sounds uh, like. Fair, fair point. Um, but second, isn't it Cat Tabor? Is it? I don't know who that That's is. Pa- oh, That's the voice that- of Padme from The Clone Wars. Oh, then absolutely it is. Yeah. Oh, shit. That makes sense. Because, like, I'm like, I know this voice, but I know that it's not uh, Kira Knightley or uh, what's her fuck, Natalie Portman. Man, but if they had yeah, gotten Kira Knightley right. to read an, a, a joint performance <laughs> between Kira Knightley and Natalie Portman <laughs> on the Queen Shadow audiobook, 
That would be wild. Um, <laughs> I'm doing a lot of air horns. I took a weed gummy. Um, okay, I will say, though, like, this is just me being mid-Atlantic trash at all times. You are like, so the woman who does the the voices on the audiobook, I was like, oh, my God, it's the girl from Metro. Oh, my God. Is it Siri? Is it Metro Siri? Oh, my God, Siri? is it Metro Siri? <laughs> um yes uh chris what are you drinking uh i'm drinking green tea also i think that's the fastest we've ever gotten into star yeah Wars honestly fast. for as off the rails as we started we we circled back we like course corrected like with a hard left Good. um i'm drinking i think we're going in and out green tea yes i, I just didn't hear what miranda Ooh. said i'm drinking green tea because i just woke up from a nap and if i have alcohol i'm gonna fall asleep mid-recording uh that's great um me and Miranda are also drinking tea, so we're all boring. Um, Miranda's drinking out of a Star Wars cup. It's got... Um, so here's a stormtrooper. He looks angry. He has a blue gun. Uh, for some reason, he's not as ready for battle as Darth Vader is, because Vader's like got his uh, got his lightsaber up like the bases are loaded, and he's mm-hmm. at a three and two count. Sure, sure. It's true. Um, Very topical. We love the Nats. Mm-hmm. We do because the Astros um, are garbage. And also yep. we're DC trash for some of us. Um, but then like confusingly, the second stormtrooper looks like is an like, angry cat. He he's like charging into battle and it's like, why is the first stormtrooper not doing shit? I don't know, but his the first stormtrooper's gun is blue, which I like. Oh my god. Did nobody explain the rules of baseball to the second stormtrooper? Maybe uh, he's stealing second. I don't know if it's well, maybe he's stealing, he's stealing the stealing base. Second. Yeah. But like the first stormtrooper is just kind of standing on the side. I mean, he could be he's on deck. He's not on deck. He's not practicing a swing. He's not being a third base coach. Like hey, to be fair, third base coaches don't do anything. He could be doing a third base. He could be being a third base coach. He waves them. Home it also Chris, it sometimes. also could be uh, Finn in a in a past life just like panicking and just not knowing not what to shooting. do. Shooting. It's true. The softest um, mug stormtrooper. Um, we both took gummies that are mostly THC. Uh, so I'm going to be the most out. awake person by the end of this podcast. Oh, wait, no, mostly no, THC. Sorry, got mostly it. Mostly THC. You're going to be the most not high person at the end yeah. of this podcast. You're um, also going to be the most awake person. You're also going to be the most awake person. You know me and Miranda go to bed early. This is true. Um, but uh, it's almost five milligrams of THC and like negligible amounts of CBD. And we're both drinking the organics 365 whole foods brand of uh mint tea love a whole food that's a lie actually whole foods is capitalist garbage garbage yep but absolutely is they have some affordable things but they have some affordable things like a lot of tea bags for three dollars yes and we also love peppermint tea we do love peppermint tea in this house. respect it's not peppermint tea it's mint tea different it is peppermint and mint are different i know Okay, well, you gave me a look like, fuck you, bitch. Well, no, I was about to do a little taste test. Oh, she was going to do a sip. Okay, drink that in. Um, So let's do a Star War. Like I said, Queen Shadow, E.K. Johnston, chapters 1 through 13. This is a YA novel. Um, when and where are we? Uh, we're on Naboo, famously where Queen Amidal <laughs> is from. Um we're on the the lake side for while the election's happening. Well, 
and Palpatine shows up because he's a pervert. <laughs> Correct. Is the lake side where um, they were when Anakin was killing those Yinglings? Yes. <laughs> um, Sorry. And, killing Yinglings. Uh, no, it's where it's the lakeside where Anakin famously floated a pair across the table and a romance was born. Yeah. Yeah, where he killed those Yinglings. <laughs> yeah, where he killed And also floated the pair that nobody cut or ate because Because mm-hmm. he fucking touched it with his force hands, man. It's gross. <laughs> he did not wash those. Oh, and he like rode that potato. Yeah. Like, or fork. yeah. He didn't he didn't wash his hands after he rode the potato. That's <laughs> oh, true um okay so has anakin ever washed his hands in his life a question no No. um we're also on coruscant and in some spaceships right but mostly naboo and coruscant so far mostly coruscant now um oh this is factually correct okay i'm just um when are we uh i wrote after episode one i don't fucking know um there i mean sub but point. all b- sub point before <laughs> the empire though okay all of that's correct you're, no you're not wrong it's okay. it's true so, it's very true it, it is so, very so you, accurate you fuckers fill in the gaps then so i said it's almost four years after the phantom menace which we know because like she was one very early in her reign apparently in the phantom and they're like it's been almost four years since the droids invaded and i'm like okay cool Mm -hmm. okay sure (laughs) i believe it um anything else we're missing about time setting and um who's in it so far chris only that four years after phantom menace puts it approximately six years before attack the clones so just to give you know people some context at this point um about the status of the length of the Padawan rat tails. Yeah, exactly. We're probably we're probably looking at like a like a like a two to three inch rat tail at this point. No, I'm completely kidding. That's like a six inch. Rat <laughs> yeah, tail. you're probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't understand how Anakin grew his rat tail so long so fast. That's my first question about the Phantom Menace. It's the Force. He he's the chosen one. Of haircuts while he's on tattooing. Oh, that's so true. That's true. He could like get daily haircuts. And that's like what his bowl cut is a result of. <laughs> so well, yeah, true. and like you don't want too much hair because of sand. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's the real point. Uh, all right, Anakin. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Padme is 18 in that neighborhood. Anakin is 14 ish in that neighborhood. Uh, trying to think. What else is important to know about when and where we are? Sounds good. It's in the galaxy far, far away. So true. So true. Yeah, that's pretty much it. This one is much more straightforward in telling us what's going on. And since this is a book that we don't really have anything else going on during in the timeline so far, it's easy to easy to conceive of. No, I, I really do appreciate that they, like, specified the number of years that it's been since, like, an event that we know and recognize. Yeah. And, like, we know when that happened. Yeah. And it, it helps us, like, understand, like, Padme's perspective, too, and how much she's grown as a person in these four years. Like, it's, like, those are an important four years between the ages of 14 and 18. Just a little bit. Semi. Um... 
Okay, great. Thank you all. Um, so the first thing that we probably all notice is we learn an actual fucking shit ton um, about the Handmaidens and Naboo queen culture-ish. So all of the stuff about why Natalie Portman was told to be deader with her mouth more closed when she was doing her acting as the queen, um, there's a lot of background about that and her crazy out quote quote crazy outfits and uh the makeup and all that fucking shit um so that was really cool to actually hear about um but miranda had a salient point that she brought up before we started and i said uh uh pod i was trying to type it like on top of the outline because i didn't know where in the outline it should go in my defense I put it here. Thank you. <laughs> but um, the one thing that I think we can kind of see, like, through the first half of the book is that, you know, in the past, in other media, we've seen Padme as the queen of Naboo. We've seen her from a senator from Naboo. She's always very competent, smart, like... Padme is one of the real heroes of Star Wars and is one of the most competent people in Star Wars. Um, I would air horn that, but that's not a hot take. But this book so far, um, it's, it's definitely about her transition. And we see a side of her that we have not before where she does feel vulnerable. She is not, like, the the competent uh, person who's really looked up to by her peers. This is an 18-year-old kind of out on her own for the first time in a while. Like, she's living on a different planet. She's doing all sorts of things. Um, and stuff. Doing the things and stuff. But it's... I, I guess my point is mainly this is just a, a side of her we've never seen before. And I want to talk about it. Oh, Great. absolutely. It's, it's, I, it's, words, they're helpful. It's great because obviously, like, Padme sort of. is famously not super well written in the prequels. Um, what? Great in The Phantom Menace <laughs> for the most part. Um, less so in the other two. But she eats a pair very well. You know what? Produce Stop being is so important. Gay, Miranda. Oh my god! Well, I I mostly meant that as a, a, a troll comment. But... Oh, stop pushing your gay agenda. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> um, but a I also I really I like irrationally love the whole Amidala voice rationale for like why the acting in the prequels is so bad. It just it just makes me so happy when like Fucking. it's like. It's like Bloodline where Leia's like, why did I do a weird mocking British accent when I met Tarkin on the Death Star that time? Like, it's just this, like, completely irreverent canonization of bizarre creative yep. choices. And I love okay, it so much. This is what I have to say. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> it's good. It's canon. It's good. How long? Okay. I, I definitely thought that you were going to say, like, I really liked... Like, or... What, unconditionally something? What was your phrase? Uh, what? 
I like irrationally love this like very love. small yeah. plot, po- small and irrelevant plot point. Okay, so when you started nine, about, nine I th- oh six, the gummies hit Miranda. Nine oh six. That's what time it oh, is. Oh, it's what time it is. I was like, it's eighteen thirty-three. Um, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> no, uh, so like. When you said I irrationally love, I thought you were going to say, like, their dead voices during the movies. Oh, no. That's a hard no. <laughs> oh, because I, I really loved that. Really? And, and Okay. I also am, like, super prequel trash. And Are we you all... gay? Or... <laughs> oh, no. I just really enjoyed the movies. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know... Padme having that kind of nothing voice, mm-hmm. like deader with her mouth more closed. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just part of the experience, and as much as it pains, I can't wait to ask you more about <laughs> this on the wrap up. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's it is it's the prequel version of going to Tashi Station and getting some power converters, and it's Carrie nice. not knowing what she wanted her accent to do throughout the course of the movie. <laughs> sure is um but no it's i mean it is great i mean for me this book just adds so much depth to and we'll talk about this on the wrap but it just adds so much depth to all of those characters that like it really does like between this and master and apprentice which came out i want to say back to back last year this year jesus Mm. it's been a long year um i want to say those came out back to back this year and it like really is like a game changer for how one views the Phantom Menace in particular. Mm-hmm. Agree. True. Um, we might talk about this during the wrap, but the Star Wars uh, binge mode pod is going on right now. And they just talked about the Phantom Menace. So I had been listening to that um, and plugging our shit because fuck me, right? Um <laughs> But what do you think about the handmaidens changing their names? I mean, I think it's like a very interesting cultural point. And it's funny that they, is it like customary to change your name to have the same ending as the queen? Is that like, I'm just thinking about what the rule might be. Yeah. It's like a very specific custom. Yeah. I don't know when, like when I read that, my first thought isn't it being a custom though like it very likely is if they're all ending with the same ending, like there's probably something cultural about the Naboo that like their royal names or something. And all like have that. X on it goes on <clears> the <throat> end. Um But when I was reading about uh, especially in like the back half of this where she becomes a senator uh, all of the handmaidens or aides um, changing their names to to match hers, basically, but vaguely with their own names. I saw it more as um, trying to attain uniformity. Hmm. Like, the the whole point of them being there is because they can be the queen if necessary. Or, like, be the image of the queen and... Yeah, but, like, like, I don't think that's, like, their whole point. Well, no, I mean... I mean, they're also, like, the queen's 
closest advisors and all that shit. Yeah, they absolutely are. But we know that they're specifically chosen for these roles because Mm. they can fight and because they look like the queen. Yeah. And if she needs to be protected, if she doesn't want to do something, apparently, um, somebody can step in. And, I mean, like, we could probably go on about this for a while, but if they all change their names to have the same ending as the queens, it's... I mean, again, about the uniformity, but it's just, like, they're all kind of one. That's That means hmm. the same thing. I can leave. Well, but no. like, I mean, it, uniformity it, is different than that. I get your it, point. It means they're, like, a, a team, and they're yeah. all playing the same role. Yeah, they're all they're all invested in sort of the same mm-hmm. way and have the same understanding about things. I get that. I really want to know, because, like, Naboo is this peaceful planet, right? But, like what the hell happened in Naboo's history that all of this shit is necessary? Like, because, like, obviously, the Trade Federation attacked, and it makes sense for that and going forward. But now that we're canonizing that this is all somewhat customary, and, like, you know, maybe Panaka went overboard with it, but, like, they were all trained to excel in the event of the invasion that happened. How bloody is Naboo's history that you needed, like, seven different bodyguards that could take the place of the queen at any moment. Well, they colonized it away from the Gungans. Yeah, it was Fair point. Well, what were uh, the wars so, between the Gungans and the Naboo like? Not great, because the Gungans were living there first, and then they got colonized and things got fucked up. Woo, now I just really want... Star Wars. Now I just really want, like... <laughs> the saga of how humans like colonize the galaxy and Ugh. but like written so that such that they are the antagonist obviously oh that'd be really great that'd be oh, like that a really interesting concept disney plus let's D- get disney on it plus. yeah that's exactly that's... what disney wants bringing capitalism to the galaxy far <laughs> far away fuck christ on the cross um Cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, I think it's because they sh- they're scared of the Gungans and they should be because <laughs> the Gungans used to live on land. It's true. Right. Facts only. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this is literally just from listening to Binge Mode because <laughs> they, to- they told their their last deep. They did a whole uh, like hour and 15 on Jar Jar. So that's a, that's a very yeah, ringer well, thing to do. Binge mode is ringer, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it's of course. That's it a is. very ringer thing to do. Yeah, but I like the I like the two people on it. They're good. I listened to them. They did they did Game of Thrones and uh, Harry Potter already. And one of them's a Marylander. And one of them's a horrible Marylander, Mallory. She's wonderful. Um, editor in chief of the Ringer website, I believe. Anyway. Um, it's interesting. You should listen to it. It's, it's somehow stuck in my head because they do dirty jokes and things that I understand. <laughs> so I remembered that the Gungans <laughs> got colonized. Here we are now. Um, the dresses and the hairs are very cool and also very functional, allegedly. Yeah. I Which like, is what Chris was just talking about. It's just such... Like a Star Wars fandom thing to like shit on Padme, Padme's outfits and stuff. Yeah. Like I, the one that like sticks out in my mind is, um, 
like if Kylo dressed more like his grandmother than his grandfather and it's him wearing that like all black get up (laughs) with the big fucking headpiece (laughs) but like we all just shit on it and then ek johnson comes in and we learn that like it's all body armor right Mm -hmm. like every single piece of her thing even like all the makeup has a purpose like yeah super serves a purpose yeah it's just this book you can like you can you can tell this in many star wars books but this one in particular to me is so evident that like and ek johnston has been very like open about this she is she is writing this book coming from a space of being like in her words a complete padme and handmaiden fan fangirl sure and it's so like there's a reverence there that i feel like is like kind of unique not unique because like there's you know everyone's always very respectful of the characters and the cultures but like i feel like there's like a thought and a reverence and like kind of a justification sounds like defensive and needless but like not like that but like coming up with reasons for things and like things that like not everybody would necessarily think needed reasons like plenty Mm -hmm. because like i feel like plenty of people when they watch the prequels they're like oh it's star wars so she has like a crazy dress like that's just a thing but like no like ek johnston went and put in the time and made it like have it made it have extreme cultural significance and did so without it kind of becoming a caricature and it's just like it's so you know you read this book and you you can only come away with the opinion that ek johnston was like the perfect person to write this book yes totally i just put on a thing for later episodes um we haven't talked much uh in raps and we might even be able to do a whole bonus out of this but just like some of this these elements of like writing backwards to to fix things that um people had questions about or were making fun of Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. in a way that is like pretty good Mm -hmm. like i would identify this as like absolutely writing backwards to justify a bunch of that stuff but i think it's oh, like for sure. really well done it's not i mean like it's heavy-handed in that it's very easy to identify but it's not like inconceivable yeah it's not out like, of place it's all it's mm-hmm. all, yeah, yeah. It, thank you yeah out of place is exactly the kind of the phrasing that i was thinking but i'm i'm excited to talk about that um in the rap and may, maybe otherwise because we've seen that a lot and i don't know that we've ever really directly addressed it like that um but yeah, no, I completely agree. <laughs> and well, I have, I, I have, th- I have thoughts on it, but I'll save it for sure. a larger discussion on it because I completely <laughs> I agree with you. I was just going to shit post. <laughs> you were just going to shit. What were you going to shit post, Miranda? I'm sorry. Is this at Rogue One Wars pod? <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> Love writing backwards. Thank you. That's very good. But also, that felt like an air horn moment. moment. Pow, pow, pow. Oh, nah, it's ruined. It's I'm ruined. Moving, I'm moving slowly. I'm just literally staring at the cursor. So I think the gummy kicked in. Um, you don't say. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, for those folks, for whatever reason, who want to be listening to this um, generally, but also who maybe haven't read the book yet, do you want to explain like the Amadala persona concept before we kind of get in um to why that's interesting and how that fits in here yeah so we alluded to it and obviously like this is like kind of 
one of the bigger instances of the writing backwards and working for working with what the background has given you and what the films have given you and what the films gave us in Padme Amidala is an extremely wooden voice <laughs> and it's fascinating to me that it has been and it's it's brilliant that it has been turned into such a symbol of strength not just that like makes sense in universe but one that also makes sense out of universe because it's talking about you know modulating her voice to be taken seriously by people who wouldn't do that and you know it's reminiscent of like things that women do all the time in modulating their tone and their like mm -hmm. choice of words and like and that's to say nothing of how people of color have to do this all the time and it's just it's so interesting to me that this has been built in culturally now to star wars but also to naboo specifically but then how padme needs to adapt it and that like from being i don't think she was an absolute ruler it's still not entirely clear how naboo's internal government works other than co bibble has a lifetime appointment apparently um <laughs> but uh but it's fascinating because now she you know she is going from the head of state and head of government to one of many and she needs to adjust to that and she's able to do that and it's like it's interesting to me in that it has like both the form and the function aspects of it and it's just again it makes the thought of this character and looking at like when that voice is used in the prequels and when Padme uses her real voice and the difference between Natalie Portman's acting in episode one and episode two it adds so much more depth there that wasn't there before and I, I just love all the implications of it. Totally. Thank you. That was a very great explanation. What were we going to say, Miranda? I, so this may or may not be a point, but, um, so like Chris was saying, like there's, there's this Amadala kind of persona. Um, and I guess my, my question about this would be related to like the fact that she's Queen Amadala, like, that's it. She's good. Everybody loves her. Um, and, you know, after she steps down from the throne or however that works, like, she becomes a senator. And she's Senator Amidala. And I, I might be answering my own question. Um, you know, if Amidala is, like, the queen... <laughs> oh no how are we doing there burb is high <laughs> she's no okay no uh, i'm so like <laughs> <laughs> she just looked at me and covered her eyes and started laughing so we're doing great um or maybe chris answered this question because like padme as a person like she's the queen she goes through this weird transition she becomes a senator um, we learned that Amadala is not her actual name. And so, like, I would assume from that that it became her name maybe when she became queen. Probably not when she was in the junior legislature. But, like, this public persona she has, um, it just kind of sticks with her. Yeah, she doesn't really get to get rid of it. And, you know, even as she transitions in her roles, like... 
the the people around her um they try to adopt like the Amidala persona um and they like kind of have to adapt to like what that means like she's like the queen or the mm-hmm. senator etc yeah, th- how Naboo's government works and what the fuck is Padme's name? Two unanswered questions in Star Wars. Uh, I don't think those will ever be answered. To be fair, I'm sh- I'm sure there are people... Well, no, I don't think the people who are screaming about this would listen to this podcast. But I, I, I feel like the name thing is answered and I just don't know the answer. But I think I think you're right, Miranda. I think it's kind of like a... It's like a British like reigning name situation. Mm-hmm. Like if you're the interesting Duke of something. Or? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's, it's like it, how it like all the kids. It's it's tough because like obviously, right now Queen Elizabeth has been queen since the dawn of time. But before that, like all the kings, like they weren't all actually named George. <laughs> they just yeah. they just all ruled as George the fifty seventh and whatever. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, George is somewhere in all of the names, so that's fine. Good, good, good calls, meatballs. Um. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> um yeah. Where is this where, should we scream about uh not poor writing of queer people <clears throat> now? Is it time? I mean, we're in the handmaiden section. Yeah, we are I in the handmaiden section. I mean, this whole book is um, the handmaiden section to be fair. That, it's so, that is it's, also it correct. is so true. Uh, um yeah, so on um, not a great look for uh for who wrote the last book we read paul s, paul s. camp great yeah I've good good lord um, the chasm between paul s camp and ek johnston yeah, <laughs> th- that is in a ge- little in different ge- in general <laughs> yeah but uh, specifically like we see queer people show up um so far all in handmaidens no all the three people that are pretty much confirmed. I mean, I think three people are confirmed at least queer. Three ladies are confirmed at least queer. They're all handmaidens, yes? I know in my soul that the uh, the pilot? What? Oh, God. Varbaros? Varbaros. I, I think there's an accent that I'm not pronouncing at the right place. I don't think my emphasis is on the right syllable. But Like a Varbaros? Uh, un- I think it's on the O, oh, like Varbaros. Varbaros? Okay. So let's, let's roll with that. Uh Pilot. Say, I've listened to the audiobook and I don't recall who oh you're God. speaking about. So <laughs> I, I, I mean the pilot <laughs> I know who you're fucking talking about when you're talking about the pilot, but like you know like for details, my brain is a fucking sieve. So like yeah. I don't know what it's pronounced. Like I'll look it up though. Whatever. Yeah, Every pilot, pilot in Star Wars is named Bodhi. It's Padme. canon. I know. <laughs> Dak. Oh my god. R.I.P. Dak. R.I.P. Jack. Um. Anyway, that's what this episode is going to be titled. It's not. R.I.P. Uh, Jack. <laughs> Very relevant. <laughs> oh, was I in the middle of making a point? You were. Uh, no, Mar- Miranda was, I think. No, I was, was going to say, no, I wasn't. I was in the middle of making a point that I think I was stealing from yours. Um, So we, before the Dak Prescott interlude... We're talking about um, uh. Were you just like so preoccupied with your Dak Prescott joke that you forgot what you were actually going to say? No, yeah. I, I remember it now. Our, our audience, famously football oriented. 
so we were talking about the, <laughs> like, the difference between Paul S. Kemp and E.K. Johnston in, like, writing queer stories. And oh, yes, that. Uh, I think at this point in the book, like, nothing's confirmed. Like, what do you mean? Two of the women are, like, gonna live together. They didn't say they were gonna live together, though. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, yeah they, they did. did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind then. So, like, we have, you know, a couple of people, like, pretty confirmed as queer. And well, and then there's, like, the other lady who there's is... Sabe, who is openly yet poorly hitting on the reporter. <laughs> exactly. Openly and yet poorly hitting on the reporter. And then there's also... Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sabe is bisexual. (laughs) Don't at me. Correct. She has only the disaster energy that comes with being bisexual as a bisexual. She's the one who is into the pilot. Yes. Which is why I also for other reasons, but the pilot's queer. Convince me otherwise. Okay. Um, But like E.K. Johnston writes these characters like it's just so natural right um sasha is that her name and yane yeah um like they, you know they've got a like a cute little you know relationship probably going on right now and the way she introduced like oh you know they're all like sitting in a circle talking and you know, one of them puts her head on the other. They're just kind of, like, relaxing there. And it's nothing like Paul S. Kemp going, your wife died, <laughs> and now you're on space crack. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, it is It is indeed possible to write queer characters without turning them into hedonistic slobs. What a concept. Yeah, you know what I want my queer characters in books i want to read the three sentences that are about the queer characters and go wait what and have to go back three sentences to make sure that they actually were queer and i didn't just daydream that while i was reading Mm -hmm. which i will say there are some star wars books that like really do that and yeah very appreciative that's exactly what happened to me in this me too i was like wait what what wait (laughs) rewind 30 seconds exactly yeah um cool uh do you want did you say that you cried when corday came on screen yeah this is just another (laughs) handmaiden kind of topic like we talked already about them changing their names but when padme becomes a senator and she gets the new aides they're like oh you know this is dorme and this is Borbe. <laughs> Bor- Borbe. Oh my god. Famously. Versailles? <laughs> Versailles. Yes. Bo- Borbe is her good old, name now. Good old Borbe. Good old Borbe. Um, but then it's like, oh, you know. <laughs> Sorry. You fucking, this is your fault. I know. Um, you know, it was like, Oh, something, something, Corday. And I was like, oh, Oh, no. no. Like trying to stop the uh, attack of the clones from happening. Yep. Well, Star Wars exists to uh, 
torture us so that's great it's just um, very sad like, yeah it's it's horrible it does make me um, it, in in hindsight it makes me far more sad about corday's death yeah like Ugh. In, yeah, same well yeah same. watching the film i don't give a fuck but as soon as she like popped up <laughs> i know what i said <laughs> as soon you know what you know what else um, this book makes me sad about is panaka and i did not put this oh. on the outline but like especially oh. since we know that like panaka yeah. became kind of a dick and like became a moth yeah. and like kind of one of the yeah. influential people of the empire but then like he like saw leia and was like taken back and was like oh my god and like i don't know i like head canon that he was like having feelings about it mm-hmm. and like you kind of see that rift between them now and it's just it's like yeah it's you feel for panaka because panaka is like also one of the great unsung prequel characters totally and his name is Quarsh. Totally. <laughs> which True. is just funny it's rough well, stuff always, for I my always, dude i read it as karsh like nope. it's Quarsh. karth nope. it could be yeah, i'm not i'm not gonna say you're wrong but I it's definitely Quarsh in my head. I think it's Quarsh. I actually, just... actually no. I, I, I might say that you're wrong because he is named after the actor, and I don't, and I believe that the actor pronounces his last name as Quarshy. Oh, I don't know oh, who the actor is. The actor's so... name is Hugh Quarshy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense then. Stay tuned. George sorry, George Lucas, famously creative plays... with his names. Yes. Who plays Quarsh Panaka? <laughs> And Star Wars <laughs> Episode One: The Phantom Menace, nineteen ninety nine. Are we gonna discuss who the Phantom Menace is? <laughs> it's Palpatine. It's, it's three. It, it, do we? Are we sure it's, it's not three PO? <laughs> okay, listen. Some of us are stupid, and when we were children, we were like the Phantom Menace. That's gotta be Darth Maul because he's the one who's on the posters. I mean. <laughs> You, oh, I, I've d- the marketing worked as intended. <laughs> yep. I've never thought before this minute that the Phantom Menace was a person. I just it was like the name of the movie. <laughs> nope. Honestly, is, that's gonna be it's gonna be Palpatine. I don't I don't even blame yeah, you, Miranda, because I like just had that <laughs> like revelation like a year ago. <laughs> it's it's the name of the movie. And it's 1999 in year six. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, and... it is the most esoteric of Star Wars titles. <laughs> to be fair, it is 1996 in year six. 1999 in year six. Yep. Oh, no. I dropped the thing I was playing with for once. Go ahead. Keep going. No, I, I just think that's a very interesting side question that is not on this outline. It's <laughs> <No>. fine. <laughs> Who is um, the Phantom Menace? <laughs> well, which one of the... There can only be two. There, there are only, always two. Only a Phantom Menace two is an episode. All right. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Did we have... Uh, we did have another wait, point. There was, there was another point on here. Oh, I was going to say. The heroes we deserve. Yeah, so what I like about this book a lot is it is it expands on Padme in a way that I always find really interesting when I rewatch The Phantom Menace. And I I have trouble rewatching The Phantom Menace sometimes. I've I've gotten better about it now. There are still just a lot of the kind of caricatures 
that like kind of the racial caricatures that it does with characters still make it difficult for me to watch. But <laughs> oh my god. Um, but that said, one of the things that I've always found really interesting is that in a franchise where we kind of get this view of the Jedi as these like monks who are nonviolent or, you know, that's not the view we get, but that's kind of like the ideal that we get. They're nonviolent and, you know, Obi-Wan's famous, there are alternatives to fighting. We've never actually, with the single exception of Luke at the end of Return of the Jedi, which is a significant exception, we never actually see what those alternatives to fighting are hmm. until... Famously Star Wars. Yes. It's, uh, Mon Mothma, you know, already wrong. No. Still not star piece, Mon Mothma. Early in her career, showed, already wrong. Just fucking showed up in this book. Not star piece. Yep. Um, um, but the fact that Padme and the Handmaidens are kind of the only realistic alternative to, you know, this, to the war that we see in Star Wars. And they're, you know, they have this Padme throughout her character arc with the exception of attack of the clones fight sequence and the all the setup of like half an hour to get an aggressive negotiations joke in there um it's padme is kind of always committed to nonviolence, and you see that through the clone wars and you see that in revenge of the sith where she actually like is like talking about like hey this war isn't about bringing people back into the republic for the hell of it this war is about a failure to listen and maybe we should actually listen to the separatists and like hear their concerns and like and and she goes from obviously being staunchly pro-republic at the start of the war to being like what if like what if we are failing and what do we do about that and like her commitment to commitment to politics is a solution but specifically commitment to diplomacy is a solution throughout phantom menace and all then her entire life is like really interesting to me because it shows what this enlightened non-violent future could actually look like and that is and like this i feel like is really drawn out in this book just because like there's all the action with the exception of like the kind of ham-handed attempt on her life all the action is political and so like you know, we don't see as 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 much as I would love to see like Padme and Sabe like back to back like judo chopping opponents like that would be amazing. But that's not what this book is, and I kind of love it for that. Miranda's looking at me and not making any noise. I I have a gay comment to make, but I was gonna. Oh my god! Oh, um, you can always make a gay comment. It's like. Why would they be back-to-back when they could kiss? Thank you. That's good. That's a great question. Honestly, a lot more G-rated than I expected that comment to be. The hardest question. Why would they be back-to-back if they could softly kiss? Hang on. Putting that in the title list. (laughs) Anyway. um, Yeah. Well, no. Part of it's interesting to me, too, because, like, by the time we hit uh, Revenge of the Sith, like, 
Padme's been in the public life for a yeah. while. So I don't know how Long many while. years this is after um, The Phantom Menace, but like, you know, she was, what, 14 when that started? And here she is, 15. Didn't 18. you write this in here? We literally, we talked about this. I can look yeah, at the timestamp and tell you that we talked about Menace, this but 40 minutes ago. <laughs> I don't 18. Know, I don't know how old it. she is in Revenge of the Sith. In Revenge of the oh. Sith, she is 26, somewhere between 26 and 28, because I never know how long the Clone Wars are, because I feel like it changes on a day-to-day basis. It's lots of years, but Fair. depends on whose timeline you're. But also, it's no. Years. It's not. That's the thing. Thank it's only you. like two to three years. Anyway, sorry, that's my complaint. I think it's. I think it's three years. I think it's. Um, I think it is allegedly three years. But I mean, we get twelve years then, fourteen to twenty-six of uh, Padme, and like at no point in being queen or in being senator does she become cynical in any way. So she sticks to her ideals and what she believes is, like, her true north of diplomacy and politics. And, like, if we want to talk about she's the hero we deserve, like, she sticks to her guns. And the Jedi Council's like, we can invade this planet, right? Fuck the fucking Jedi. Can we just sacrifice this child and see what happens? Dad's typing. That's why he's not responding. Sorry. Yes, I was typing something that I want to talk about in a later episode. Great. Super. Um, I feel like we're burning holes in everyone's ears <laughs> by uh, podcasting right now. Um, Miranda, do you want to read what you wrote in the outline about Anakin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Chris said... The Phantom Menace is the only Star Wars where no one wins anything by fighting, as we were discussing. <laughs> and I wrote, Anakin did not, quote, now this is pod racing, unquote, for you to say that. And then I noted that I do not remember how <laughs> or why the droids stopped working. And I said Jar Jar cut off their Wi-Fi. Yes. Uh, Famously, Anakin <laughs> got off their Wi-Fi it, that's when a, he that blew is that a fair, station up. That's a very fair point. To me, Phantom Menace is much more like we are fighting as a distraction so that we can stop fighting as opposed to we are fighting to win, which I feel like sets it apart fair. from other Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like there's a lot of room to challenge me on that statement. So, like, don't. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of holes in that theory that I just posited. But I do feel like there's a lot less emphasis on combat in The Phantom Menace as, like, a means to achieve your goal than there is in other stories. So other Star Wars stories. More- talking talking about taxes much more talking about the taxation of trade routes mm-hmm. to outlying systems mm-hmm. yep you hate to see the taxation of trade routes <sighs> to outlying systems um who wrote pan padme and the handmaidens are honestly the only realistic alternative to an enlightened nonviolent future that we say which which of us three do you think <laughs> wrote that Kristen? <laughs> <laughs> i also already made that point oh 
Great. So great job. Great listening skills. Sorry. Anyway. I think I probably got that, but I, I don't know. I don't like it when you go out of order. You know, I, I like know. a very like, I, I, I like ordinal ordering of things. My, my stream of thought consciousness ordinal cannot ordering, be contained yes. by simple outlines, Kristen. <laughs> I know. You know this. Fuck yourself. You're fu- fuck off. Uh, anyway, let's, the let's wrap it there so that Kristen and Miranda can go to bed. Uh, <laughs> next episode, we're going to be finishing up the reading portion Ordinal of Queen Shadow, ordering. reading chapter 14 through to the end. Um, God, we didn't even talk about just how like absolutely rude that first like paragraph of this book was, which like completely skipped over that. Um, anyway, hit us up on... Let's talk about it soon. We will. We hit us, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at BookWarsPod, BookWarsPod at gmail.com if you want to email us. And rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on Stitcher. Um, it really helps other people discover the show uh, and we and like helps us reach more listeners. So we do hope that if you enjoy the show, you will rate and review and subscribe to the podcast, particularly leave a review. If you have the money and are so inclined please donate to the Tasha station radio <laughs> jesus christ Kristen, are you, like do you need water sorry <laughs> no that i taught i t- put a spoiler in the beginning of this podcast and i have a cold and can't stop coughing and i'm sorry oh see fun fact that oh. was when i was not on oh the yeah right. Chris, sorry that's Chris what you missed have, uh, i'm not playing mode for that. that means i'm not erasing it sorry i was gonna say a spoiler i spoilered that I had a cold. Great. I still have uh, a cold. I can't stop coughing. Anyway, give to the Tasha Station Radio Patreon and give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookworspod. Really helps us cover our hosting and production costs. Giving to the Tasha Station Radio Patreon allows you to join uh, the Book Wars Pod and overall Tasha Station Radio Slack, which is amazing. And when you give us coffee, we will post pictures of Porkchop, Orca, or, and or Jasper on the Instagram, which everybody wants. Our theme song is Was Banged by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terra Design. Uh, for Kristen and Miranda, I'm Chris. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod. And we'll talk to you next week. Um, you, sh- you all should tweet at Kate and tell her how much you love her. Dewey, ooey, you. I was going to say, I just said hello and welcome <laughs> to Dad's Gone. We're still <laughs> recording, so it's fine. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I, that was that was my fault slash I'm going to blame Kate's computer because that's what I'm using and it has apparently a turn off internet button which I don't understand why you need that as a button <laughs> that's fine guess what this is the intro so you've done it again what the fuck and you're here so welcome do you need to log in on your ears your computer keeps turning off the internet or did you and I find already? it rude I don't know I think oh, that's no. just is he gone again no he's Fuck has joined. <laughs> oh, wait, f- fuck has left. Yeah. Fuck has fuck has left. <laughs> I think that's Kate telling us to eat her ass while she's not participating. Mm-hmm. In this moment in time, I don't actually remember what it sounds like. I just dance along to it. I know it just sounded like you were lis- you were singing Inspector Gadget. In- no, that's ba 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 da ba da 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 da. No, it's. Ins- I don't know. Isn't isn't there a part that goes Inspector Gadget?